So, the brazers have been lit. The next round has begun. Melek, would you like to announce it? Yeah. He may be blind, but don't let that fool you. The blind swordsman enters over here to my right with feet of gold and a bag of tricks to just as rich. Goldfoot enters to my left. Gentlemen, take your positions. And inside the waiting room, you see a massive smiles from both men, finally getting to teach the other one the lessons that they truly deserve as they take their positions. So once again, we're just going to do the short bits of this. So almost by, almost by instinct, Goldfoot sets off a smoke bomb in the arena, much to the chagrin of the crowd. And you just hear, <laughs> did you forget I was blind? <laughs> From the old man as he uh, draws his cane sword. And uh, as, uh, you guys see a shadow move towards him and the sound of metal meeting metal inside of the smoke. Uh, it continues, continues, continues as their sword strikes, strikes, strikes against each other. And finally the smoke clears and you do see that some of them, there's blood dripping from both men into the grates below. They continue to strike one another. And Goldfoot pulls up several shuriken, jumping away from the old man and throwing them at him. The old man's actually able to deflect two of them, but one of them is able to bury itself in his shoulder. I guess you're a little bit more skilled than I thought. Well, that skill is what's going to put you in an early grave, old man. If this is, I didn't think this was to the death, but if it is, I'll be sure to finish it quick. And again, they Goldfoot takes his sword, his, and the other man takes his cane sword, and they strike each other once again. So each one seemingly was going towards the vital spot of the other. But there looks, in a strange way, the two men look even. Maybe if Goldfoot focused more on just fighting, he would be stronger than this man, but his reliance on tricks is holding him back. And the old man, his blindness does seem to finally be impairing him, if only slightly. They break their, their uh, hold against each other. And again, Goldfoot reaches into a pack and throws some shuriken at the man. And this time, the old man, he, he kind of shifts his stance up. And I want you both, I want Glubby, Melek, and Trackmere to make perception checks. Ooh, let's see. Yeah, 13. Seven. Melly. Sorry, I was not playing. I used my dice this soon. Uh, perception check. We got that. That is a 12. Okay. Do them with advantage, actually. Oh, with advantage. Ooh, with advantage. I'll take advantage. I'll definitely take advantage. Oh, much better. 23. 17. 15. So something, something uncannily familiar happens. And uh, you guys kind of feel a shiver go down your spine as you watch this old, something opens slightly, only slightly on the old man's forehead. It's going to press forward from his skin. And you see a slight red, almost like a third eye on his forehead. His skin immediately 
goes like kind of comes kind of like greener. And his nails and teeth sharpen. And you see like the like beginnings look like a horn begin to kind of bulge forward from his head, but only slightly. If he looked like an absolute monster, the crowd would have reacted to that, but they're not. The only reason you guys are able to pick up on this slight change in this man is because you saw the same thing happen when you were fighting Saravada. Mm -hmm. This man, Otaro, as an eye of the emperor, just like Saravada. And with this kind of half use of it, he's able to move fast enough to dodge the shuriken. You watch what looks like a white glow wrap around his sword, which you know is the embers oh, of a white fire. Shit. And he slashes a finishing blow into Goldfoot, who collapses unconscious, his blood leaking like a river into the gaping, hungry maw of the abyss below. Battle has ended. And just the as fast as it my... happened, Otoro looks completely oh. normal again. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Malik, you can go now. The touch of Midas is not with Goldfoot. Instead, it is with Otoro as he, blinded may be, strikes down the feet trickster defeated trickster and moves on to the next round. Okay. So what would any what would people like to do with their off time? As again the embers are emptied into the grade. kind of casually walk over to Glovey and be like so that's not great what do you mean I didn't watch the battle what was your second perception roll God, he saw it I saw it the fact that this man has an eye of the emperor oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's weird also kind of worrying. Nah, so nah, he's a nice guy. So you see Nisei walks up to the two of you. He goes, did either of you see the guy who was going off about honor just cheat? Oh, yes. Yeah. I have to know what he used, too. Well... That is interesting, but I'm more concerned about the fact that he was lecturing everybody about how you can't, you shouldn't use tricks in combat and then used a trick in combat claiming to have honor, which he obviously has none of. No. I can hear you, you know that. Never said you were deaf. She smiles and goes, well, it seems you know about my little skill strike. It's quite the special sword. 
skill. It's from an old man practicing his whole life with the blade, you understand. Is that where you got that third eye, too? I, I have no clue what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> Maybe I'll give you a chance to observe it more closely. Should we fight? I look forward to it. <laughs> I fell asleep a little bit. Um, Gobby, while I was yeah. talking. <laughs> so, uh, again, they have been relit. And it is time for the next fight. For this man of wisdom and religion and weapons, a priest whose weapons are of both word and blade, Hedoroto enters this arena facing the opponent who is mysterious man of wonder whose bag of tricks ceases no sunder, the Sackman. As they uh, enter the battlefield. And uh, as a Hedoroto says, ah, good luck to you. I need Melek to make another perception check. Oh God almighty. Uh, 14 on a perception check. You know this voice. I know this voice. This is the voice of the first veiled one, the first priest of that cult in the sewers that escaped, and also the same man that arrested Shock that one time, pretending to be a town guard. This man's a member of the Order of the Red. All right, I'll be looking for this man afterwards. We got some unfinished business. The man that Missy stepped away from us, like a coward. No, no, no. no there's there was that uh, that was the second time that happened. This is the first guy. Ah. So the fight begins, and uh, Hedoroto immediately um, kind of tries to cast Sacred Flame, and it catches on the guy. You know, it comes down, it burns him, and the guy's like tattoo pulses and like opens up like a wound. It's like drawing in energy, like the violence, the combat around, and like his arms cover themselves in these swirling tattoos of like look like mouths and like limbs reaching out, all like grays and browns and greens, and like the colors of festering flesh. And his fingernails redden and they sharpen and he runs and he slices into Hedoroto. He was very unprepared for that. Um, as Hedoroto uh, touches the man and the man, like, you see like a large wound open up in that guy's body and blood begins to pour into the grates. Hedoroto laughs as uh, the man like kind of like turns his arm into a whip and like whips Hedoroto across the face. Uh, Hedoroto's tooth is knocked out and he, I need another perception check from uh, Malik. 16. As he intentionally spits his tooth from the blood down the grate. And um, again, he goes to this time to like, again, open wounds the guy, but misses. And uh, 
you see the man's blade at arm, like his whip arm kind of like opens up into a large, almost like a great sword made out of like this red bone. He slashes Hedoroto and more blood begins to fall from him. And he's, he's looking really dazed and discomforted, very low on blood as it's just pouring down the grate. As he finally does open wounds again, this man he's fighting and uh, Gan opens like a bloody wound on Sackman, which pours into the grate. And finally, Sackman just kind of whips him across the face again, and Hedoroto is down. Would it be Sackman. fair to create the assumption that it looks like Hedoroto is throwing the fight to try to? purposely lose his blood for something? Uh-huh. Okay. It also looks like he may have been trying to win, but trying to get as much blood as possible, but he couldn't compete with this guy. Weapons of words and blades are no match for the mysterious wonders of the sack. Sack man moves on over Hedoroto. As uh, you guys see a uh, bloodied Hedoroto uh, given a bunch of health potions and is actually fully fine again inside of the uh, arena. This is the first person that's happened to that's lost. And uh, Sackman is also patched up for the next round. And as he, uh, he goes up to the... And you see uh, Nisei actually walks up and starts talking to him. So, the what would you guys like to do if you're off time? Is again the brazers of flaming coals are emptied. Can I overhear what they're talking about? Yes, make enough. <laughs> last last week was investigation. This week is perception checks. Make your perception yep. check. Oh, it's about to get serious in here. Who a seventeen. Would you mind switching opponents with me? Oh. And Sackman is like, why would you want to do that? I want to teach that blind man a lesson. I can make it worth your time and gold if you do. And he goes, I can change. I don't care who I fight as long as I get to win. Well, I'm not going to throw a match against you if we fight, but I could make this worth your while. And the sack man goes, I'll talk to the, I'll talk to the cards. And he, uh, he goes off to kind of like finish their deal. Oh. oh. And, uh, is, the, is the party within 120 feet of me or no? Yes. I cast message to um, both our friend uh, Trackmere and Nisei. Oh, oh, oh. Are you leaving Glovey out of this? <laughs> yes, I always leave Glovey out of this. Glovey, you have no fucking idea why, but you feel offended. I don't know from you don't know who's offending you. Oh, oh. I say, I say in this message because they're those two are going to be the only one who under understand this. I say to them, Heteroto is one of them. I'm a psionic turtle, so I'm just over here, just like I'm like I feel something going on here. Don't know what. <laughs> I know Glovey. it's leaving me out. I, I sense a disturbance of the force. And it's leaving me out. Is coming in your direction. 
So the brazers have been lit again. It's time for the next fight. Speaking of the next fight and uh, Mr. Glubby and Flounders and all that, have you seen his daddy? Rumor oh. has it he <laughs> likes the colors of white and purple. Here he is. The uh, you guys, you guys see, every, oh, you guys see one guy in the crowd is like, everyone else is like, what the fuck does that mean? But one guy looks really, really scared. One guy's just fucking panicking. <laughs> that guy knows. That guy knows. I'm Here gonna rip is. off my cloak. The turtle, Glubby. Oh, he just gave this man PTSD. I'm going to so, tear off my static cloak. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that's one guy introduced. And his opponent, while fog may cloud your own judgment, he can make it deadly. Suse enters the arena. Interesting. Suse, oh my. As the man Glovey told, he smells good. <laughs> and I swear to God, this was made a week in advance. The only edits I did were the edits to get the people who weren't here out and the NPCs they were going to fight out. The Glovey was going to fight this guy for two weeks and he walks up to him and harasses him immediately. Walks up to him and sniffs him. Yeah, as this but guy... Then again, that's walks, on brand for Glovey. He walks out, puts the pot down and opens it as so, like a pillar of mist comes out. Not really like a pillar, but like it starts leaking out all across the ground. And he takes out his flute. He looks like Lovey, angry, and also like, oh, I'm gonna fuck you up. I'm gonna twirl my flute around. I have a flute too. Roll for initiative. Oh. Mm. That's a initiative. A six. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Easy day for Roll it again. Roll it again. That's a tie. Ooh, baby, this is a bit better. Twenty-two. Thank God, and I'm gonna say like eleven as well. <laughs> okay, uh, Gl Glovey goes first. Okay, uh, I am going to use my first turn to use a level three spell, summon undead. I fucking knew Glovey was gonna go into this. Like you no, know, like no holds, like nothing, no, not holding back. And specifically, I'm going to summon up. Uh, one second. The Emperor of Darkroom. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. You guys like Shakai, right? Well, here's Shakai. <laughs> I'm gonna summon up. Um, Putrid, a putrid, uh, undead. Okay, so describe it to me. Uh, basically, it's like rotting, and it smells absolutely like, like it basically looks, which is like flesh falling off. A combination of the cloak and Glovey doing this uh, makes that one scared man run out. <laughs> Perfect. And because it, I summoned undead, um, that's going to use up my action but his my undead goes directly after me in combat okay, okay. so it'd be the undead's turn next okay and i'm gonna make my undead run over 
and go for its multi-attack, which would be Rod and Claw. Okay. On the first hit, it's going to be a 23 to hit. You hit. On the second hit, it's going to be a nine to hit. So only hit one once. Hit. Okay. The first hit does seven damage. Yeah, it, it, it gets him in the face. And any any creature that starts its turn next to um, a putrid undead within five feet has to succeed a constitution saving throw or be poisoned until its next turn. So what does the poison do? Um, that they didn't include for some reason, but I can look at uh, I believe the poison condition gives you uh, disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. Okay. Luckily, he wrote a 16 and is good to go. 16? Yeah. And okay. he, he looks at the glove and he goes, that's your power. This is power. Well, he doesn't say it like that. I don't know why I did that voice. That's what you call power? Behold, a gentleman's art. And he begins to like mistly, he begins to just play his flute and the mist rises up like it encloaks around him and it forms the shape of a bear. You can't even see him inside of it. It looks at a roar, the roar of a bear and the crowd screams in delight at the clash of, again, these two very strange fighting styles as the bear goes for a claw attack on the uh, putrid. Uh, what's its AC? AC is 14. As it's able to slash into the putrid with its claws for six damage. Okay. It goes in the putrid, it does not hit the putrid for his next claw. As it is uh, your turn, as the bear is still around him. Okay, um, I am going to. We, do we get back spells after the end of our uh, no. turns? No. Okay. Um, then I'm going everything to use. Everything you a do Krob has to. You have to. Everything you do in every fight counts. Okay, I'm going to use. Uh, hmm, a chromatic orb. Uh, and I'm going to use a fire chromatic orb. Okay. That is a 13 to hit. You hit. Ooh. That's right to see. Sixteen damage. You smash the bear as it continues roaring and intimidating right in the chest. And the bear, like it's like the fog tries to wrap around the orb from like the bear's body as it shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, trying to put out the fire as it almost does. But a tiny ember goes forth, there's no fog around, and burns him on the cheek. And he frowns deeply at this. It is the turn of the putrid. Okay, I'm going to make sure it gets it in range again, and then I'm going to do the two multi-attacks. Or the two putrid slashes. That is a 22 to hit in the first one. That hits. 
and a 21 to hit on the second one. That hits. Okay. Sixteen damage altogether. As you just wail into this man, he is not looking great. As he has to he, make uh, his cons. he makes his con saving throw, and again he succeeds on it. As he almost looks, he still looks he's almost about to throw up from looking at this putrid. As he he's like, if I kill you, your monster will disappear. And he he sneers and he goes, if you're used to smelling this thing, I can see why you thought I smelled good. And he, he again pulls his flute up and plays this sound, and the mist begins to move, swimming, swiveling like a serpent. And then it turns into the shape of an eastern dragon. It opens its mouth and it roars and flies at Glubby from the pot. Nat 20. Ooh, that's gonna hurt. It is. This is this is his strongest attack. That's kick that turtle. Glubby might be honest. Uh, 22 damage. Ooh, yeah, okay, that's good, but I'm still up. As this, this beast roars, and it just kind of, it kind of like, you all watch as it kind of, it roars into the air, and comes crashing down a Glovey, smashing its teeth around him, and Glovey, you actually are cut about by this mist, as uh, dripping, you guys see, first see water dripping, and then you see blood drip down off of Glovey into the grate, as the dragon vanishes and it is Glubby's turn. Okay. Um, uh, I hate to be a stickler for rules, but he doesn't have to make a concentration check. Okay, yeah, Glubby, make a concentration check. I do? Yeah. Okay. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Was 22 damaged him? Yes. So it has to be in an 11. Uh, concentration is constitution. Constitution, gotcha. That's a 16. That's a that's a safe. Yeah, your putrid is still here, and it is your turn. Um, I'm gonna hit him with uh another chromatic. Oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna have more chromatic orb. Why not? I'll go for it. Okay. That is a uh, 14 to hit. You hit. Eleven damage. Fire again, of course. <laughs> you almost you almost blast him backwards into the wall as it is now the turn of the putrid. Okay, the putrid's gonna run at him. And then he's gonna do his two attacks. Go for him. <laughs> the first one's a nat one. Okay. The second one is a 15. 15 hits. Okay. Um, and for a big hit, that is 12 damage. And how do you want the putrid to knock him out? Ooh. I want the putrid to just, uh, just um, basically slash. Slash him from head to toe down. 
just cover him in blood, basically. Okay. As the fight has ended, the winner is Glubby. Woo! And my putrid's coming with me. Uh, they, they, they stop you, and they tell you have to unsummon that. Oh. Goodbye, buddy. I'm going to pat him on the head. Give him a kiss, kiss on the cheek. Can't have you poisoning everyone in the fight room. I can't just leave him outside. He's such a good boy. Uh, it's like falls off. Ah. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to uncast that. Man, it's just... I get healed back up, correct? Yes. Colored me impressed as Glubby does not flounder against the smoke screen of Suse. Glubby the turtle moves on to the next round. Glubby has a mini panic attack from hearing flounder. <laughs> Flashbacks. And again, uh, the the brazers empty down into the um, the grid. And what would you like to do with your downtime? As this is now the beginning of the second round. After this, I want to take I want to take a peek at like a, a nice nice long stare at the man that our speaker friend warned us about. Um. Hederoto uh, notices you're staring at him, and he gives you a slazy smile. I, I'm, I'm just gonna kind of just like hold, uh, just kind of like tap the staff that's hanging at my hip, which is the dragon staff, and just kind of smile back at him. You've got good taste, Trackmere. Eh, some things, perhaps we might share a common interest in. This, I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps you can be persuaded. Hmm. I'm, I'm just going to say in Draconic, eh, your friends were pretty easy to, to persuade to die. And he'll give you a, a larger smile and he says back to you in Draconic, they are just fodder. Dying for a greater cause. Hmm. Well, one of them definitely didn't die for a greater cause. Not understanding <laughs> what, they're, what they're saying. I'm just going to start speaking at Aquian. <laughs> he just starts making like gurgling sounds at you guys. <laughs> and nodding his head like he's in the conversation. I've heard Globy speak Aquan before, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, Globy. Gurgle, gurgle. Walk, 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 walk. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I want to do with my downtime. Just spit water over myself. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to gurgle. <laughs> I'm soaked. <laughs> In and out of game. Yeah. So, uh, as this is happening, Malik is handed a note, and there are two things on the note. The first thing is the, the fight between Otero and Sackman and Trackmere and Nisei is being switched up. So, okay. 
Trackmere is fighting Sackman, and Nisei is fighting Otono. So you're gonna have to make an announcement about this. And due to a uh, an error, there is going to be an extra contestant being thrown in to fight Glubby for this round. Okay, wait one second. Trackmere is fighting Sackman, and Nisei is fighting who? Oh, the blind man, Otero. Oh, the blind swordsman. Gotta get him. And then what was the other one? Uh, there's someone else is entering into the fight to uh, kind of even things out for this round. Oh, we have another, a name? another another one of the fighters has arrived late, and they will be fighting Globby in this match. Yes, the name is. One second, I'm finding them. Mind Monk Helki. Gotcha. So this person late. is fighting the turtle. And to feel feeling generous, Lady Midarashi has allowed him in since the tournament had an odd number. And oh uh, yeah, it is time to announce that news to the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? We are getting ready to start our second round of competition, but we do have a shuffle that is happening in the competition. We have a late arrival of the Mind Monk Helki. The Sonic Manipulator will be facing Glubby in round two. The shuffle takes place where the Sackman is now going to go up against the Animal of Animals, Trackmere. And the Immortal will take his sword-wielding abilities against Otero and his own sword. Whose strength of steel is greater? Find out in the next round. Somewhere else in this city... A man in a black kimono is walking down the street. He is going to meet with somebody. This man's name is Mr. Nikushimi. Oh. He has his oily black hair slicked back and is always a placid, emotionless face. And then a door opens next to him. And a client of his beckons him inside. Nikushimi enters in the room. The client shuts the door and locks it. And the man says, ah, Mr. Nikushimi, I'm so happy you could make it so we can discuss business. Oh, but I'm afraid there's, a, there's been a bit of a mix up today. Our dealings will have to come to an end here. And Nikushimi says, and why is that? You've accepted uh, about four of my shipments. I don't see any reason that we'd have to cut off our dealings now. He goes, ah, Mr. Nikushimi, yes, it is true. You produce some of the greatest gardening supplies in all of Zashu, but your influence in this city is growing and growing. And as the man puts a red veil over his face, he says, we just can't have that anymore. And from out around him, from out around the room hiding, men jump out, about 30 of them, all holding scimitars. I'd say we try to make it quick, Mr. Nikushimi. But tonight's a special night, so you're going to have to suffer. And Nikushimi looks around the room, again, not really reacting to anything he says. I'm going to give you an out. 
that this will not end how you think it's going to end. He goes, no, I'm pretty sure it is. Back to the arena. The grazers are lit. And the second round is beginning, but we are ending our episode here.